as we continue on the series, Unwrapping Christ. There's so many gifts in Christ, but I'm just going to take the time to deal with the gift of redemption. Looking in Luke, the second chapter, uh, we see that Jesus and, and, and is, is being taken by his parents, Joseph and Mary, to the temple. And there's specific adjectives used to describe what they see when they see him. And one of those words is, I've seen the redemption of Jerusalem. But as we think about this word redemption, I want you to think what's going on in your life right now, what's going on in our society right now. There's a lot of people looking for some redemption, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual. There's, there's many of us here that are in need of something to set right. What does redemption do? Redemption is a debt that has been satisfied. It is something that had to be paid in order for something to receive that. For example, uh, you, you need a redemption in a relationship, so you needed somebody to come and pay the price of an apology. <laughs> they needed to say, I'm sorry, in order for you to restore that relationship. There had to be some kind of a reconciliation being done. Or maybe financially, you, you are in debt in your car, your house payment. Or maybe you might have a medical bill that is due. And you have to meet that. You're looking for something to satisfy that debt. We're looking at the, the three major auto companies looking for something to satisfy they're dead. They, they're, they're, they're coming every day. They, they came one time with private jets. They went back sad. They came back in a hybrid car. Still went back home sad. They're trying to find a way to satisfy the debt. Wall Street even got money for a bailout. Still trying to find a way to satisfy the debt. Uh, is anybody here dealing with some, some emptiness in their lives? I realize only that I need something. That can satisfy this debt. Uh, my relationship's not where it wants to be. My finance is not how I would like it to be. Lord, my heart's not in the place it should be. I need something to satisfy this debt. The, 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 the children of Israel were, had been in bondage when they were in Exodus. Are you, are you familiar with this story? They were in bondage, but yet they were looking and hoping for redemption. You see, in those over 400 years of being in captivity, they were coming up towards redemption. They were looking, I need some help. I, I need some assistance. And in this, in this, they did not give up hope because they believed that redemption was near. And I want you to grab and look at this text. I'm going to pick up at verse 36 in Luke Second chapter, and it, the gospel reads, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. Uh, let's do the math here. Have lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow about four score and four years. That's 84 years. With the, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. I'm going to stick a pen right there. Look at this. We, we have 7 plus 84. But we don't know at what age she got married. 
So she's about over 100 years old, this woman, who is staying in the temple and worships daily in the temple by being involved in, in fasting and prayer. And look, while she's in the temple, she, look at this, at verse 30, and she c- coming in at that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him all of them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with the wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. I, I want us to see how when she saw this child, she said she saw the redemption of Jerusalem. I want you to really grab what this means. In the Old Testament, they, they had the kinsman who was their, redeem, their redeemer. And you might be familiar, those who, who might be familiar with the story of Ruth and Boaz was her kinsman redeemer. But I want you to really grab that Boaz acknowledged this, acknowledged it, or the, the, the law of kinsmanship, that he realized that, Ruth, there's someone closer than I. So I don't have the right to redeem you if this one steps up. But if this one does not step up, then I will step in. I want you to realize that kinsman is realized the one who's closest to you is entitled and has the right to redeem you. See, in the Old Testament, that many times property in the years, <clears throat> excuse me, years of liberation, that it will go back to its owner, the rightful owner, the people. And the people had the right to claim their land. And it did not just go to anyone, but it went to one who could prove the closest of the lineage. For example, the king, right? The king has his children, and therefore they have an order of who is the heir. It is, is the eldest, correct, who is the closest to the throne. But it's not necessarily the oldest girl, it's the oldest boy. She may be 20 years older than the boy, but he has the right due to the order of the kinsmanship, to be king first. I want you to grab this standpoint that the Jews realize that I am looking for my redeemer. I'm looking for help. Let's bring it home. Have you ever been in jail? Have you ever been in a place of withholding that you had to wait for somebody to come pick you up? I myself necessarily have not been in jail, but I've been in detention. And, 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 and outside of detention, there's times I was in the principal's office because I needed to go somewhere. And they would not release me unless my kinsmen showed up. It couldn't be my brother, couldn't be my sister, but it had to be either my father or my mother to vouch for me. Same situation that when you were maybe incarcerated, right? You see the TV show, if you've never been there, right? They got that one call. They're thinking, who is it I can call on that could come to bail me out? Looking for that one person. Or, or maybe you might not be in prison. You may not have suffered detention, but you might be late on a loan. And you're looking for another loan. And you're waiting for that check to show up. You're looking for something or someone to come that can redeem you. In this process, the children of Israel have been in bondage, and, and now they're under Roman rule. But yet they heard from God that I will send someone to redeem you. 
And I want you to look at the age of this woman. She's been in bondage. The people have been in bondage. She's over 100 years old, but she has not given up. Looking for redemption. No matter how many times you've been beaten down, no matter how many times you're looking at that empty bank account, no matter how many times you get hurt in that relationship, no matter how many times you, you have to suffer, continue to fault and beat down and guilt and disappointments, I want you to know just like Joe, I know that my Redeemer lives. We need, to be, we need to have that same kind of a hope and expectancy that no matter how long it takes, I know it's going to be done. Because when you look at verse 36, it says, and there was one Anna. Then look at verse 37, it says, and she was a widow. Then you look at verse 38, it says, and she was coming in that instant. It's just building up a setting of what's going on. I, I want you to look at Mary and Joseph. How did they come to the temple? They came poor to the temple. How, how do you know they came poor? Good question. It said after the 40 days after the time of sanctification and purification, she went to the temple as obedient to the law of Moses. And so Mary goes in to properly have the child circumcised and to be named. But yet whilst they are going there, she has to bring something to sacrifice for the child. And the law requires that you bring a lamb and a pigeon. But it makes provision when you are not able to meet those needs. It says you can bring two pigeons. We see here, even in when God has caused us to be obedient, he makes provisions for us to meet his needs. You see that there? Do you see that there? It says she brought two pigeons. You look back in, in Leviticus, it says that you need to bring a lamb and a pigeon. But if you cannot afford a lamb, you can bring two pigeons. And now look at this story now because we, we are aware that they were visited by the, the wise men who brought gifts. But I want you to catch here, it wasn't at this time they came. They still pulled. This is still infant baby Jesus. When the wise men came, it says that it was around maybe a year or so because Herod went out to kill babies that were over a year and two years old. So we see still the baby is just a few months, excuse me, just over a month old after 40 days. It's over a month old. Little baby Jesus. Probably not even saying goo goo gaga yet. It's showing up in the temple. And while the baby is in the temple, he has not said a word, but his presence is there. Simeon feels the unction of the Holy Spirit and goes to Mary and Joseph. And when he sees the baby, he realizes, he says this, my eyes have seen salvation my eyes have seen the light of the revelation of the nations or the gentiles my eyes have seen the lord's christ the baby didn't say a word but his mere presence impacted his life because he's been waiting for the time of redemption the holy spirit told him he would not perish until he saw the Lord's Christ. And after he saw the Lord Christ, he says, now I can die <laughs> in peace. Because, Lord, your message came true. Many times we, are, we, we don't go to bed in peace because we're still in debt. We, we don't go home in peace because our relationships are still in turmoil. We don't go to the bank in peace because we know we don't have enough money to pay. 
We, we, we have issues in our lives that we have no peace because there's no redemption. But when there is redemption, there is peace. Do you see that there? This man is all, has been living, been waiting, but yet he was told he would not die. What does that mean? I want you to understand what Jesus said. He who believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What does that mean? That means you too, when you have seen Jesus as the Lord and the risen Savior, you too will not die. <laughs> you too will not perish, but you will live in peace. I want you to grab that. And then look, after he blesses, he says something very specific to Mary. And he says, Mary, your soul will be pierced by a sword. And that is very troubling because now he's letting her know how she will be suffering from what's going to happen for our redemption. You see, redemption comes at a cost. You see, the gift of redemption that Christ gave us is that he said, I can pay the price that you cannot pay. I can cover the debts that you cannot cover. I can cancel it and I can have it paid in full. Have you ever paid off a credit card bill and then they send you another note saying you owe interest? From your laps, I'm assuming you must have got that letter too. I done paid off a bill. They're going to send me back, you owe $5 for it. I'm like, are you serious? I got to spend 39 cents more just to send out another check? You know, it's just like, are you serious? And in this process, what Jesus says, I have paid it in full. There's nothing else owed. And the children of Israel are waiting for that redemption. They are waiting for that to be heard, paid in full. Isn't that a beautiful sign? To see something paid in full? Have, have you ever purchased your car for the first time? You had the deed in hand because it was paid in full? My sister and I, we, we rejoiced when we was like, Mom and Dad, we, I paid off my car. It's paid in full. It's mine. You know, it's, it's a side of news. I, I work hard enough to pay it off. I'm looking for the day where I can say I own my house because the bank owns it right now. <laughs> you know, for, for me to pay it off in full, there's something nice when somebody comes up to you and says, I owe you this money. Here it is paid in full. There's something satisfying when somebody can come and pay it in full. That's why we need to take the time in our relationships and realize what's the debt I owe. Many times in relationship, we want everybody to pay us, but we don't look, what can I pay you? Because what? Forgiveness is a gift. You freely give it to someone, even if they don't deserve it. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Look at this. God loved the world in this way. He gave his only son. He loved this world he's going to destroy. He loved this world that's full of sinners. But he said, since I love you, I'll show you I love this way. I'll give you what I have. We too need to practice that in our lives. As the body of Christ, we should be showing and demonstrating redemption every day. 1 Corinthians 15 chapter says we should be ambassadors of reconciliation. When was the last time you went out to support restoring a relationship? 
That's what we should be about. We have our senators who are ambassadors who are supposed to represent us. And we hold them accountable, but we don't hold ourselves accountable for representing Christ. But here we see Anna, who is waiting for the Lord's redemption. How do we know she's waiting for the Lord's redemption? Because when she receives the baby, in verse 38, she says she spoke to all of those who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She was not alone. There was people waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And look at this little infant baby, Jesus, who did not form a word, did not say his first word, was not walking, but was carried in. But yet his mere presence showed us that redemption is here. His mere presence shows us that redemption is here. What does that mean? I want you to understand Emmanuel, the, the very potency of that word, God with us. His redemption is here. Redemption has come. No longer do you have to walk around in bondage, defeated, in shackles, but you can walk in liberation. Just as you exercise every day your right for freedom of speech, God has liberated you that you can walk in the liberty of grace. He paid a price that you and I could never pay. We see that even how he has set standards for the sacrifices, he still makes provisions for the needs to be met. The requirement for the baby is the sacrifice of the lamb and then the pigeon, one for the sin sacrifice, one for the dedication, because God has declared every firstborn child to be his. Because he stated that in Exodus, that every first child belongs to mine, belongs to me, and therefore it should be redeemed to me through the blood of the sacrifice. But I want you to really grab here what God is saying here about Mary and Joseph's first child, which was birthed through the Holy Spirit, through Mary, that God says, not only this is your firstborn, but this is my only begotten son who has been set apart to redeem the world. And when you look at this gift of redemption, it kind of helps us answer some of these questions. Why is there so much death? Why is there so much pain? Why did my mom get sick? Why did all these things happen? These tragedies happen. It makes us wonder why do these things happen? I wish I could tell you the answer and make everything be alright. But I can't tell you this. I know my Redeemer lives. And I've seen how he's changed my life. I may not have all the answers about why some bad things happen in life, but I can tell you that one day, everything will be set right. Because that's what redemption does. It satisfies. It makes right. I can't tell you why you're going through so much pain and suffering, but my Bible tells me that one day, there'll be no more pain <laughs> and suffering. I can't tell you why you got to cry all these tears of pain right now and why you got to use a dried up paper towel that scratches your face. But one day I, I was told by the word that my God will wipe away every tear from your face. You see, I've seen some redemption in my life. Because I realize I don't know why everything happens the way it happens. But yet there's a promise 
from my God that he will redeem. You see here, Anna waited to some hundred years just to see the redemption. Simeon's been in the temple told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die till he saw the Lord's Christ. But now we're living in the age where Jesus did come and walk this earth. They hung him high on a cross and they stretched him wide. Nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet, and he hung his head, and for us he died. But that wasn't good enough for them. They wanted to make sure that he was dead. So they took a spear and pierced him in the side. But my Christ was still bleeding for me then. It said blood came out his side and water came rushing down. But I'm glad uh, that's not how the story ends. But before I get to the end, let me talk again about the beginning. Mary and Joseph went to the temple poor with no nothing to pay for a lamb. Our poor Savior was hung on a cross, but he died in a rich man's tomb. But that's not even part of the story. Because three days later, he got out that borrowed man, rich man's tomb to be exalted to the highest place where every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, not only here on earth but above and below to confess to the name that's above all names and that's the name that God has given his son and Jesus is Lord and since he is Lord, I have been redeemed. What does that mean? That means no longer will I walk around with my head bowed down. No longer will I walk around feeling all guilty and depressed inside. But I heard my Savior say, come, come, come who? Come all who are heavy burdened. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come, come. Come what? Come sit under my teaching and find rest uh, for your soul. Uh, you can find rest like Simeon. I can die in peace. Uh, we can have somebody singing at your funeral and say, it is well with my soul. Uh, you can die with some peace uh, when Jesus uh, steps uh, right on in your heart and becomes your Lord and Savior because of the debt he paid on Calvary. It's a price that you and I could not pay, but it's the price that had to be paid, and he paid it to, he paid it all nothing but the blood of Jesus tell your neighbor nothing but the blood of Jesus tell your neighbor nothing but the blood of Jesus and now I, I'm going to step out of myself for a moment, uh, if you could step out with me I need those that have been deaf if you can stand up and just say, Lord, I've been redeemed. Can anybody stand up and say, Lord, I've been redeemed? Can somebody stand up and say, Lord, I've been redeemed? Can somebody say, my debt has been paid in full? Can somebody say, he paid the price? Those who are standing, those who are not standing, if you don't mind standing with us. And we stand the doors of the church where there may be someone here for the first time realize that Jesus paid the price for them. And you too can say, Lord, I have been redeemed. But I want you to understand that this is not a one-time thing because this morning I was redeemed again. <laughs> and I can't wait for tomorrow. 
to be redeemed again because his blood does not run dry. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that day after day, he forgives us for our sins. Is there someone here who for today decided I will trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior? We extend our hands to you. Is there someone today? Also, you listening, we extend our hands to you to invite Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and experience redemption. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you this holiday season. God bless you. And join us again here at www.zionbcpeoria.com.